Welcome to episode seven of the Effective Faith podcast, a weekly podcast answering questions about productivity, tools and gear to help us get stuff done, as well as theology, Christian living and how to approach getting things done in a way that supports our overall well-being and helps us to honour Jesus better. My name is Frank William Abignale. From 1964 to 1967, I successfully impersonated an airline pilot for Pan Am Airways, and I flew over 2 million miles for free. During that time, I was also the chief resident pediatrician at a Georgia hospital and an assistant attorney general for the state of Louisiana. That's one of the opening lines from a favorite film of mine, Catch Me If You Can. The film, based on the real life of Frank William Abagnale Jr., tells the story of a man who is perhaps one of the most notorious imposters in modern history. He impersonated an airline pilot, a doctor and a lawyer, despite having no training, no experience for any of these roles. In each case, he took on the role, but he was a fake. He wasn't the real deal. This week on the podcast, we're thinking about imposter syndrome, and it's something that can plague each and every one of us. It's the feeling that we're fake, that we're a fraud. Whatever the role we have, whatever we're setting out to do or achieve, we convince ourselves that we're not qualified, that we don't fit in, and that we're out of place. Where it becomes really destructive is when we believe that it's only a matter of time before we're found out, and then that's when disaster will strike. Have you ever experienced that? It can happen in many places and for many reasons. It's something that I suffer from a lot, and so today I want to share with you some of my reflections on this, how it destroys our effectiveness if we let it, how to overcome it, and how not to overcome it. It may be that you're starting a new job somewhere, you've got a promotion perhaps, and you fear that you're not really ready to step into the role and to deliver what's expected of you. Maybe you've just started going to the gym or you've kicked off a a new running plan. You know that you're out of shape, that's why you're doing it. But everybody else that you notice, they're running much faster for much longer and they're in much better shape than you are. You feel out of place, a fraud. You don't belong in the gym, you tell yourself. Maybe you're launching a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, some kind of consultancy or coaching business. You feel unqualified, unskilled, unsure what you have to say that's of any value to anybody. You have this anxiety that you've got no idea why Anyone is going to want to read your stuff. Anyone is going to want to listen to what you have to say. We feel out of our depth as a parent or as a husband or a wife. Like we don't know what we're doing. See, each and every one of these things, it's a form of imposter syndrome. We look at other people around us in our workplace, in the gym, on YouTube or wherever, and we convince ourselves that those people Those are the real deal. These are the people who know what they're doing. These are the people who have something to say. These are the people who everyone should be listening to. Not me. I'm a fake. I'm an imposter. I'm pretending to be like them 
trying to convince people that I am like them. But deep down, I know that I'm not. Imposter syndrome is a lie. And the source of that lie is the feeling of what we should be like. And because we're not like that, we're unqualified. Because we're unqualified, if we take any action, then we're a fake, we're an imposter. So as I said, we look at some other person and feel that in order to be qualified, we need to be like them. We build up a picture in our mind of what we should be like, the results that we should be getting in order to be the real deal. We convince ourselves that until we feel totally confident in our ideas, our skills, our abilities and our performance and our output, then we're just pretending. And imposter syndrome becomes destructive when we give up. It may be we don't even get started. We never apply for the job. We never go to the gym. We never hit publish. We never even put pen to paper. Maybe we start out, but we we never achieve consistency and we just stop. Our, Our videos, they don't get the views that we hoped for. We can't get over the awkwardness of not really knowing what we're doing in the gym. And so we give up. We make a start, but the lack of obvious, tangible results causes those fears, those anxieties to grow, those little whispers to become louder and louder. And so we stop. Or it may be that we do keep going, but we always play it safe. We stick to the machines in the gym that we know. We convince ourselves these are the comfortable options. We stick to writing about topics where we feel like we're on safe ground and we never push the boat out onto areas that we really might want to get into. In each and every one of these scenarios, our effectiveness is hampered or it's completely destroyed. We can't be effective as we never get going or we give up, or we stagnate. The lie of imposter syndrome is powerful because it's based on a truth, and it twists it. The truth is, you're not perfect. You're not there yet. Whoever you are, you're not perfect, and you never will be. And so I know that even the most successful people in their field at times feel out of their depth to a degree. The best parents and the best husbands I know are those who are deeply aware of their flaws, their faults and their failures. I've spoken with some of the most well-known evangelists, preachers, public speakers in the UK, and they've shared with me that they still regularly get panic attacks before they speak. You see, the lie is that because we're not perfect, because we're not there yet, We are imposters. But the truth is that because we're not perfect, we are in fact the real deal. You see, there are two ways to respond to this lie. There's the wrong way and there's the right way. The wrong way is the way that I've been taught many, many years ago. The wrong way is the way that I have believed and followed for many years. In effect, the wrong way is to be an imposter to put on confidence, to put on bravado, even arrogance, to seek to convince and persuade people that you know exactly what you're doing, that you've got it sorted, you've got it sussed, 
to put on a kind of dishonest triumphalism that tells the world that everything is great, that everything is going from strength to strength to strength. There's no issues, there's no problems, there's no flaws, there's no weaknesses. People won't back you, you say, unless you and they are 100% confident in everything that you're doing. And in this way, you seek to convince yourself and everyone else that you've arrived, that you are the person that everyone should be listening to, that you are the person that should be doing all of the talking. In a sense, be an imposter. Now, I want to be clear, you can achieve some success this way. Many people will back you. But the problems with this are that first and foremost, you're being dishonest, you're being arrogant, and you're being proud. Second, you vastly limit your willingness to learn and grow and thus bridge that gap between where you are now and where you present yourself to be. And ultimately, it's this lack of humility that limits your effectiveness in the long run. As you believe the lie that you're already there, and as others believe it too, and therefore because you're not learning, because you're not growing, your ability to teach, to train, to perform, and to help others is going to be massively stunted. You become an imposter. You convince everyone that you're the real deal, but you're not. And then there's the right way to respond. And that's to be the real deal. Being the real deal, it doesn't mean that you've arrived. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you've got it sorted and sussed. It means that you're honest. It means that you have humility. In being honest with yourself and with everyone else, that you're still a work in progress, that you're still learning, still growing, that sets you up to be effective in the following ways. Firstly, in acknowledging flaws, weaknesses and failures, in acknowledging that you still have lots to learn, plenty of room to grow, that's just called being honest, being truthful and being humble. And in this, you open yourself up to growth. And as you do so, you become much more able to help others grow as well. It's often said that failure is the best teacher. And in being open about failure, you open yourself up to that teacher and you can bring that to bear in your teaching and your training of others. This is true in parenting and in family life. It's true in ministry, in coaching, in content creation, in, in leadership. It's true in every area. Second, the imposter portrays the world as being split into two camps. Those who don't know what they're doing and are unqualified and those who do know and are qualified. The reality is this just isn't true. Every single person is somewhere on the line between knowing and understanding nothing with no skills and nothing to say and knowing and understanding everything, being highly skilled and with everything to say. No one is going to be at either extreme. And so presenting yourself honestly as on that line, along with everybody else, with things to say and things to learn, 
we're actually much more relatable, far more able to help and to be helped as we go. And then lastly, in Romans chapter 12 in the Bible, we're to consider ourselves with sober self-judgment. This is a command to be honest and open and humble about our state before God and to others. It's a command about how we think about ourselves. Uh, in 1 and 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul gives a lot of time to considering his weakness and how his weaknesses display the magnificence of Jesus Christ. Whatever our ministry is, whether it's in marriage, family and parenting, whether it's small group leading, preaching, leadership, evangelism in our workplace or chatting with people after church on a Sunday. The imposter is the person who pretends to be something they're not, who pretends, who presents their own strengths and their own power. Pretends to be somebody who has everything sorted. This showcases their own glory. The real deal is the person who's honest, considers themselves with sober self-judgment, humility, acknowledging their weaknesses, acknowledging their failings. And this is what showcases the glory of God. A last couple of points uh, I want to make here. This doesn't give us full and total license to speak about anything that we genuinely have zero understanding of and to speak it with the authority and confidence of someone who would have a lot of knowledge. The point I'm making about being the real deal actually rules this out. Being honest about what we're learning, how we put things into practice, the mistakes we've made, how we've learned from them is not going to allow us to present ourselves with an authority and a knowledge and an understanding that we know we just don't have. But secondly, it does mean that we can speak and act with some confidence, not false confidence because we're taking upon ourselves an authority that we don't have. But because we're being genuinely honest, and if we're being genuinely honest, then we don't need to be afraid that we're an imposter because that's called being the real deal, being the real thing. Now, if you found this valuable, then please do like this podcast, subscribe on whatever platform you use and share it on social media. And if you've got any questions that you'd like me to consider or look at in a future episode, then the email address there is effectivefaith15.58 at gmail.com. Or you can use the contact form on my website, effectivefaith.org. This week, I want to leave you with one of Frank William Abagnale Jr.'s most famous quotes that he lived by as he convinced and persuaded people that he was things that he wasn't. He said, an honest man has nothing to fear. And so I'm trying hard to not be afraid.